Well, it might be gloomy wherever you might be because of all this conversation about a new virus um, that's affecting so many people around the world. But there is always hope. And um, hopefully this conversation we're about to have on the show today will give you a sense of what is possible and the level of levels of collaboration we can have um, within the West African subregion as a continent and obviously outside of the continent. And all of that is based upon the power of technology. You're welcome to this kind of conversation, this kind of technology-related conversation. This is the biggest technology conversation in Ghana and on Ghana Radio. This is City Trends. My name is Philip Ashron and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. Why let your business settle for less when you can get a lot more with First National Bank? Well, that is the big question and the answer is very, very simple. You can go beyond banking with a digital partner that understands your business. Let your business bank the better way with a business account from First National Bank. The First National Bank business account is more than just an ordinary account it's a portal that gives you access to tools designed to propel your business this includes features like the award-winning online banking enterprise straightforward global payment solution trade solutions and merchant services you can also choose an account that suits your particular sector and it doesn't matter what sector it is because they will be in touch with you to make sure that you are covered 100%. So just visit firstnationalbank.com.gh or you can opt to have one of the consultants call you back and um, basically walk through walk you through your options. Alternatively, you can pop into any of their branches, other the Accra Mall, the Junction Mall, Makola Mall, West Hills Mall, Achimota Mall, Tema Community, Eleven Jan Towers, or you can just head on to their head office branch at Accra Financial Center building. Well. We know that your business is more than just business to you and that is why we're here to help. That is a promise from First National Bank. First National Bank, Ghana is a subsidiary of First Rand Group of South Africa. First National Bank, how can we help you? On the show today, we speak about everyone's favorite topic these days, COVID-19, whichever one you want to call it we also speak about trade we talk about trading um within the west african sub-region we talk about apis we talk about collaborations between tech players in the ecosystem to enable payments commerce and movement of logic we're talking about so much today and i have two ga um folk in the studio as you just heard on eyewitness um with the history of the ga people it is interesting that i have two ga people to talk about this with me um yeah it's it's going to be a great conversation i do hope you strap in and enjoy it my guests in the studio are Misha ade and um solomon togbo um of jetstream they will be joining us for that conversation we have the app segment the training segments your tech and um Everything else in between is going to be a very, very great show. I do hope you are ready for it. But then, in case you're wondering how you can get your messages through, this is what you can do. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? 
Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. And so we're getting straight into the show. We have our very first segment, the how-to segment. And Nidaku Otu has some information for you. We started a series a while ago. Well, this is how to ensure you do a strike-through in your WhatsApp messages. Hello, and welcome to the how-to segment on City Trends. In our last segment, we showed you how to slant your text also known as italics. Today, I am going to show you how to make your text have the strike-through effect. This effect has a line that runs through the text to indicate that it has been cancelled. If you want to strike through your text in WhatsApp, begin it with a tilde sign and repeat the same immediately after. The tilde sign is that symbol that resembles an S that has been rotated 90 degrees. You should see the strike-through text effect take place right away. Always ensure that there is no space between the tilde symbol and the first letter of the word following immediately after. Also, at the end of the word or sentence, ensure that there is no space between the last letter and the tilde sign. Thank you and good evening. One of the biggest impacts of um, this new virus that everybody seems to be talking about today is its impact on global trade. Now, um, every country, uh, quite a number of countries, Germany, for example, has closed its borders to non-EU um, members and things like that. Like there is, it's just pandemonium literally everywhere. Um, but with everything else that's happening one of the biggest things one of the biggest um lessons we are picking up is how technology is still enabling global trade how technology is making things work regardless of all the you know mayhem and all the confusion everywhere now aside all of that we as a continent um have decided to um basically sign on to the africa continental free trade um agreement which is a free trade area um which has as of 2018 includes 28 african countries quite a number of other african countries are you know basically on board currently but basically we are trying to create um an area where we can freely trade we can basically just make trade and interactions between um countries as easy as possible now we know that quite a number of technology entrepreneurs and businesses have been finding and figuring out this whole trade conversation this whole trade thing among themselves and building systems to be able to allow them to do that now it seems quite a lot but 
in order for us to properly harness what it means to be able to trade amongst ourselves as countries as businesses across borders very easily speaking literally like one language across there needs to be a system that enables all of that to be possible now how exactly do we do that without sometimes stepping on too many toes or um confusing um one with two or sometimes the language barriers and things like that it gets very very confusing when you think about it but we have to figure out a way to make trade possible across borders to make trade possible you know across continents but if we're going to do it then we need to do it right there are so many lessons we can learn from countries all over the world, but we need to figure out the way we're going to do it in Africa. Maybe we have to start with a West African conversation first. Maybe we should, or maybe we need to figure out how we're going to do it in Ghana. But one thing is for sure, technology is going to be at the heart of it all. And that is why I have dragged into the studio two persons who are knee-deep in these conversations and they're going to help us make sense of it all. It's going to be a lot of things we're going to be touching on, but I do hope you can tag along and enjoy the conversation. Misha Adi and Solomon Tobo are from Jetstream and they are in the studio with me to have this conversation. Thank you guys so much for making time to join us. Thank you for having us. Okay, so um, let's let's start off from everybody's little favorite topic now. And um, I'm just wondering from where you guys sit and from your operations and your interactions with all your partners globally and, you know, continent-wide, what exactly is the impact of coronavirus, you know, um, in terms of how it's affecting trade, how it's affecting movement of goods and things like that? Okay, thank you, Philip, and hello to your cherished listeners. In terms of the impacts of the coronavirus, um, I would say there are two levels. First of all, would be the independent businessman, the small entrepreneur, a micro company, and then you have the global country to country impacts. On the small level, I would say, in terms of the Ghanaian or the West African markets, there hasn't been a severe impact, at least compared to that between Europe, the United States. And China mm. so the shock is much manageable for now we are able to cope with it and um, I'll just chip in this and say that it actually came off or it was escalated at the time that the Chinese ended their new year so many businesses were able to stock up their supplies and also run up for their in quote end of their year transactions mm. so it's much escalated after the new year and then after some time hopefully the impacts would be severe at least on the um, small businesses point of view on a country perspective like i've mentioned so far the coronavirus is um, limited to human to human transactions so in terms of goods fiscal assets people going to the market to buy items machinery spare parts and a whole lot of it it's not a medium of transport transfer so on that note i would say we are safe in terms of doing business trade wise yes relatively the the long-term thing um we'll have to look out for of course is the suppression of demand mm. and so that can start a negative business cycle where people who are staying home from uh from work and from activities are not buying um goods at the same rate that they would and that can create a recession as we've seen in china there's some estimates of the Chinese economy contracted in the first two months of this year, which is the first time that's happened in like 50 years. Mm. That being said, uh, we have seen just from our experience as a company that the Chinese factories are already up to 70 and 80% of capacity mm. and just a limited time period. So it is possible that although we'll see probably recessions worldwide, 
the recovery um, is is different than the recovery in 2008 with the global financial crisis. This is not being driven by you know improper mortgages. It's being driven by a, a health concern mm. that could change. So it's important to kind of keep an eye out to see what's happening to the overall global financial situation because we're just more interconnected as an economy, including in West Africa, than we have ever been. Mm. And I mean, with this interconnection, um, obviously comes these collaborations that we often want to talk about and explore. And I'm just wondering, um, how bad has it been for, like you're saying, like, I mean, it might not seem such a big deal, but it is quite a big deal considering how much we import from China as a continent, as a whole. And I'm just wondering, like, how badly has it affected trade within the sub-region? So trade imports were down for the first two months of the year because Chinese factories were closed and there was an extended Chinese New Year. So a lot of the uh, folks we work with who wanted to import cargo from China um, had trouble getting in touch with uh, factories and warehouses. And we do a lot of cargo consolidation and sometimes those consolidation sites were closed. That being said, as soon as the factories came back online, which is really this month, we saw a surge and in increase from China. So from our perspective, our business is actually up this month mm. um, because of a lot of the backlog that Chinese factories are trying to clear out is starting to be shipped out, including to West Africa. Um, so that's a sort of a temporary result, but I would expect to see the, the true sort of global result of, of coronavirus show up probably in May of this year. Hmm. Now, when all of this happened and as it is happening, how do businesses in West Africa, especially and probably even extending to Africa, how do, you, how do, they, how do they resolve? Because I'm just, I'm just imagining... I mean, me being looking for supplies, me looking for, I typically go to China probably in November and bring in and ship in some stuff. How have, and a lot of goods move across the sub-region as well. Has it really impacted the movement of goods and services across the sub-region as, as we probably are imagining it's happening on a global scene? So um, I'll give you an example. Back in January and into early February, some vessels that were leaving Chinese ports had to sell empty. There were, con there were not enough containers on the vessel. So that should tell you a gap in terms of the production output. Mm. Then also, in terms of the impact, there would be a lag because many companies would be reaching out for their packaging materials to enhance their production, mm. as well as the inputs also to feed into their overall products. And what you found out is that many of the suppliers were literally offline. They were not able to reach them. You'd send an email, you'd actually have a lag in getting a feedback. And what this means is that they would have to take some time to be able to even produce the demand that has come. So you realize that um, as we enter into the peak season, at least relatively for imports, where there is the back-to-school rush and also feeding into some of the, the Easter holidays and other festivities along the line, you realize that there's a possible, it's possible that the demand that we usually meet with such... Sorry, the suppliers that usually meet with such demands would be inexistent. So there'll be a lag in terms of getting the necessary inputs to feed the, the requests of the various importers as you have with many manufacturers. Mm. So that is one of the things that I would say would be the impact. In terms of the goods actually moving across West Africa, for China, it was a complete shutdown of the ports. So the goods were fiscally not being able to move. We are having some good news that there's some ports have reopened and even the government is giving them a stimulus 
in terms of reducing terminal fees to encourage the revamp in trade activities. And the good news is that the virus, like I mentioned, isn't, well, of course, it can be, you go to the ATM and then you, you have to wash your hands right afterwards. So, but in terms of, by, I learned the lifespan isn't more than a couple of hours. So once you do an import from China, bringing in some hardware or some manufactured products. By the time it gets here. Exactly. We are, we are, we are in good condition. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a major threat for us. Mm-hmm. So movements along the West Africa subregion, once the vessels and the ocean carriers are back in business, we would see a resumption in the flow. So on that level, it doesn't seem to be such a big deal. But I'm also now bringing it a little closer to home so these collaborations that we have with our neighbors across west africa um we know that one of the biggest challenges has to sometimes do with like language language barriers and things like that and i'm just wondering for a company like yours like jetstream and what you do in terms of allowing trade to happen while the rest of us sleep and have a good day like how do you manage all of these interactions between all of these companies regardless of all the challenges and all the um blocks that you might have you know how do you how do you guys manage all of that using the technology that you know we have available today okay so one of the means ways that we have actually used is actually to look elsewhere for to meet supplies mm. so most people would usually do an purchase on alibaba or aliexpress and the supplies are actually not available so we've actually looked to other places like india one of the biggest online e-commerce portals is uh, india Mart, and even with amazon well amazon in the uk and the us it's now heightened over there so india Mart has been a very good alternative example to to reaching a whole lot of suppliers who would have been actually been based in China. Mm. So providing alternatives is a way that we have been able to mitigate uh, the matchmaking between um, demand and supply, for example. Wow. Yes. And I think the one of the ways that this type of our business model is possible and, and, and this type of business model possible is possible is because of technology. Mm. So we do communicate over WeChat and WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. So there, there are multiple channels that we're using to communicate with freight forwarders and customs brokers and suppliers in other regions. And I think that's one of the exciting things about the African continental free trade area, whether you're in Francophone, oh, you know, Lusophone, mm-hmm. Anglophone, Africa, we can all work, you know, we can harmonize our, our customs um, barriers and we can all work on the same sort of standard with technology. So mm. I do think that those two things, the technology and the, the the harmonization of trade in Africa, I think those two things go hand in hand. But how easy is that? I mean, do you need to build one platform, for example, for literally everybody to be on? I mean, you talk about, you know, the different messaging platforms enabling communication to a certain extent but when you actually get on the ground you get to the porch you're clearing i mean even in ghana we are still figuring out the difference between unipass and gcnet and everybody else and i'm just wondering i'm just thinking that this is not unique to ghana these challenges quote unquote putting it mildly we face and i'm guessing a lot of these countries also face them and i'm just wondering how tech is able to help us to be able to cut across all of this because yes the technology that allows for people to clear their goods is there but that stumbling block of either governments or policies and things like that always find a way of limiting the ease of movement of goods and services yeah i mean i think the the key word on the tech side is really integration Hmm. 
And so uh, there doesn't have to be a single platform that governs all trade in um, Africa, although it's possible. What there does need to be are um, APIs that plug into each other mm -hmm. so that if Ethiopia decides to have a certain provider and a certain type of technology for their ports and Ghana has a different type of technology, what those two technologies need to do is talk to each other so that if you're clearing goods in Ghana or you're sending them to Ethiopia, then there's knowledge shared across the um, countries about what are the tariff restrictions, what are the um, documentation requirements, where physically is the cargo. So I think it's that integration um, that is really key. And that's something the private sector has done well in fintech already. So there are so many companies that uh, plug into other technologies. So for the payment gateways, they plug into an e-commerce site and they end up allow an e-commerce seller to accept credit cards and bank payments from anywhere in the world. And so that type of integration mentality is already part of sort of the tech ethos for the private sector. Hmm. But in terms of the public sector, though, <laughs> because yes, the private players might be on the same page, but if the public sector does not get onto that page, a lot, a lot is delayed, as we have seen in Ghana. I'll let Solomon <laughs> <laughs> jump into that one. Yeah, so that is indeed good. Yeah. But when you boil down to the, the, the crux of the matter, what mm. customers really want? They just want um, transparency, accuracy, timeliness. I just want the thing delivered. Exactly. So most of the time, we wouldn't really care about the platform you are, inter you are interfacing with to provide the result. And you just realize that when you just walk to a customer, okay, and you tell him that this is going to cost you all in, all in, $150 end to end and you tell them okay it's subject to customs review so if customs wants to do an examination or there is some certification body who would be involved in the in the clearance process it would go up by 20% that person would be okay because he knows he has a rough idea of how the entire picture is going to be mm. and as simple as it sounds, timely communication is actually one of the key things. So with small businesses like ourselves, we just fall on, we leverage on technology to be able to deliver these aspects. So we give the customer transparency. It's going to arrive in two weeks. Then you just go back and say, oh, there's a bit of interruption. It will take an extra week. He would be much comfortable and relaxed than waiting to the very end and then, oh, I forgot to tell you ABC. Then he gets, you know, all um tensed up so we realized that yes we just follow technology to deliver these key things we tell you how much it's going to cost we are very transparent with you in terms of the applicable duties and the necessary regulatory inspections it could be if it's a food item of course it becomes much more involving because you have the food and drugs board a country standards board would apply and so forth and so on and at the end of the day when you all when you are able to execute and deliver these things you just realize that you have def defined an efficient process for him so it could be a simple technology by sending a person a WhatsApp message or a WeChat, and he's okay with it. So we fall on technology to deliver these set goals for ourselves. I mean, back again mm -hmm. to my, my, my earlier position. You can send all the messages that you want, but if the things that are out of your hand mm -hmm. make it near impossible for you to be able to give a determined amount or a quote or a determined delivery time, that definitely impacts on how you do your business and the trust that me as a customer has for your business. And I'm just wondering, no matter what sort of technology you may have to facilitate trade, to facilitate whatever, mm -hmm. these things still limit the ease of doing business, especially when we talk about trading on the African level. And I just want to escalate the question a little bit. We want to talk about 
the free trade the continental free trade area we want we want to have that because it's important we get that but how willing are governments to make it happen it's one thing signing it's a completely different story actually making it happen and i'm just wondering from where you guys sit how willing are african governments to make this trade area actually function it depends on the government so you have ghana you have ghana at the forefront rwanda um kenya who are just intensely interested in um, cross-border trade. And if you look at the import-export activity in, let's say, Ghana, you can see that we export more into Africa than we import from Africa. So we stand to benefit from the free trade area, especially because more of our processed goods are going out to other countries in Africa. Mm. Rwanda is in the same position, South Africa to some extent. There are some obviously mixed messages that we're getting from places like Nigeria, where it may be harder to see the implementation of the free trade area, because even regional trade right now with Nigeria is very difficult. But I think that you will have large economies, at least you know half a dozen large economies on this continent, really standing at the frontier of the African continental free trade area. And it may be that at the very beginning, it's just us trading with each other. Mm. Mm. So, I would say governments are quite willing, at least from the ECOWAS perspective, where there has been very, there has been difficulty in terms of literally moving goods from Ghana into Togo. And one of the efforts that have been put in place is to have a joint uh, customs border so that once you are inspected, you know, at one side, you, are, is, you just move on into the other country. So like, my, like Misha mentioned, it's the government leadership, and we've tried this in ECOWAS. It's working, well, at least on paper. <laughs> exactly. So. That's that's always been my challenge. On paper, it seems to work, but I mean, as technology companies as well, yeah. when when you move into these other regions and these other countries, and you are presenting the platforms that mm-hmm. you hope they will buy into, what is the response often like? Because, I mean, all you're doing is just trying to make the process easier and enabling trade to happen across borders. What is the reception like? What are some of the challenges that you face when you're trying to implement some of these things on that sort of scale? You mean within within the continent? Yes, within the continent. I mean, I think Nigeria offers such a good sort of test case Mm. of how this might work. So there's just so much promise and potential. There's really strong manufacturing in Nigeria, incredibly diverse economy. But if you look at what's happening at the port, uh, you know, near Apapa, and you compare it what's happening with the port at Tema, it's like night and day. I think you can can clear an import and and haul it to your destination on a crowd, what, less than a week? (laughs) You're looking between four hours, possibly to a day or two, yeah. So it can take up to three weeks to do the same thing in Mm. Nigeria. And so it's just a lot of the infrastructure issues and, and challenges that they're having with, with um, corruption at the ports and things like that, that's putting a barrier onto even their own internal trade, let alone cross-border trade. So I do think that um, part of what we'll see uh, as AFTA rolls out is governments having to work out their offline problems. It has nothing to do with technology. Mm. Their infrastructure problems their governance problems, they're going to have to iron those out before they're able to really collaborate with other uh, economies. Mm. That puts you, people like you, solution providers, tech solution providers like you in a very tight spot, doesn't it? 
It does and it doesn't. It, I think it, it gives us, uh, we're running a pilot um, in um, Nigeria right now. So it, it gives us a little bit of pause. It, it, we don't rush headlong into, into some of these economies where, where the political situation is difficult. But it also, it opens up the door for creativity. Like one of the things I, I was raised in the United States and one of the things that I noticed when I came to um, Ghana was a lot of the startup challenges were sort of man versus nature challenges or man versus you know bureaucracy challenges. Mm. They weren't man versus man challenges. So it's not so much competition, it's, it's overcoming the structural barriers. And I think that the people who uh, are building technology for these economies to take advantage of AFTA will have to overcome the bureaucracy. They'll have to overcome the lack of capital. They'll have to overcome sort of these big structural challenges that aren't really so much about too many people in the market doing the same thing, which is a very specific type of um, profile uh, for, I'm thinking about startups, but it's, it's for a startup company. I, I actually, Solomon, before you come in, I actually wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. um, with your partners, because obviously you have to work with partners mm -hmm. if you're going to enable trade, with your partners, the private sector in other African, West African countries, mm -hmm. how open are they to collaborations as against, I've built my system, it works very well in my country. If you want to come into my country, you have to either bend to my rules or i don't know say goodbye like how open are tech startups and tech companies in other african countries to i don't know helping to make that integration possible okay great i'll give one typical example in south africa so there's this tech enabled company that is into warehousing and when we ship goods into south africa we literally do not have to do 10 phone calls for a particular consignment to be received into the warehouse mm. we drop an email and then it's entered into the erp system there's enough tracking and monitoring and also final delivery so on that level you realize that there's a very good collaboration and um, a means for us to work and one of the areas i'll say is that we actually do not actually go in to compete we actually look to work with the existing freight forwarders so we would not want to own and operate a warehouse in nigeria south africa Cote d'Ivoire, any other place on the continent we would actually look out for the existing opportunities and you realize that nowadays many of the companies are actually coming down to the, the very micro needs of the consumer so the consumer just wants to use a warehouse facility space for five days and be built exactly for five days not one week not more than that and you realize that uh, most companies even the you know the analog old timers are actually signing on to mm -hmm. some softwares to enhance and revamp the operations mm -hmm. so in terms of collaboration well it, it's not widely spread you can't find this um, warehouse who has a very good software system everywhere in the country True. but i would say that yeah in some hub spots especially for south africa and even nigeria we are beginning to see some people come up with that enterprise solutions for ourselves what are our francophone brothers and sisters okay so so what as a startup, we haven't actually been everywhere on the continent. Right. We've actually had to focus on a few countries. Mm. We've started with Ghana, South Africa. We have operations in Nigeria. There's very comprehensive research being done in Cote d'Ivoire. So we haven't actually had a taste of all the African, or let me say the Francophone countries. Right. So I would say that um, it's actually the same because Cote d'Ivoire is next door to us and the market potential is very high. The startup community and ecosystem is also very high and vibrant. So yes, when we actually doing research and we just want um, information basically on, on rates, for example, how much it's going to cost and all that, you just send an email 
and uh, you get a reply there's always google translate to facilitate the mm. barrier you know elimi- um, the language barrier elimination so it's it's been good so far i would say that um yeah we did have some inquiry into some obscure parts in, in africa and um it was quite urgent we had to place a phone call and it was a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean literally the, the the phone rates are high it doesn't go through the partner is literally not in a position to speak to an issue and it, um, the, 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 the and the entire business responsive wouldn't be as vibrant as compared to somewhere like sometimes it's not just about the tech you need to be f- like boots on the ground to before the tech follows yes 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 especially is in, in simple ways you send an email and you expect reply in like a couple of hours and yeah. not coming and you have to you know get on the ground and and try and get a person on the phone so that's interesting yeah brings me to the most one of the most important bits of mm-hmm. trade is the money and the payments how 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 do you make it work i mean yes there's visa which doesn't know any language it just knows putting your csv and you're good to go but are there local players that allow these payments across the borders Absolutely. So there, there are um, sub-Saharan African companies like uh, Chipper Cash does P2P, peer-to-peer payments. Um, World Remit does remittances. Flutterwave is a payment get- gateway that you can accept Alibaba payments. So there are many, many um, payment gateways in fintech companies, um, many of them in Nigeria, that are enabling cross-border payments in Africa. So I think the technology is there. Um, the trade is actually lagging. So if there were more cross-border mm. trade, this would be a bigger driver um, in their businesses. But um, the the capability to process cross-border trade is not only in the private sector, it's also in the sort of African Union level. So there's something called the Pan-African Payment and Settlement System, which is the African Export-Import Bank's effort to eliminate sort of the middleman in cross-border trade settlement. So if you're going to sell something in um, cities and your buyer is in South Africa paying RAND, rather than converting RAND into euros or into US dollars and then converting it back into CDs, it's just gonna convert and settle in the local currency. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna be a lot less expensive and a lot faster for both parties to trade within Africa. So there's a lot of innovation in payments at the private sector level and at the sort of the AU level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so interestingly enough, you can have trade between Ghana and South Africa and the actual owner would be in the West and there's a multitude of payment platforms available to them. So you'd even find out that people would fall on the the, um, the, multi- the very big guys to execute your payments. So popularly in the United States, you have the mobile money version, which is Zelle. You just need an email address or a phone number, and then the transaction is sorted out. So even on, among trade with um, on the African continent, the players could even be in Europe, could be in Germany, and they would literally be buying and supplying to... Hmm. How open, how, how, how big a deal is going cashless in terms of trade, you know, aco- across the continent? How big a deal is the whole conversation of going cashless? It's sort of tied to sort of the, the banking issue. So mm. for the population that is unbanked and has to, to, to transact in cash, I think that's the biggest concern for inequity in cross-border trade. Um, I read an article recently that said that, you know, even though 
Sub-Saharan Africa is still very cash-dominated. Cross-border trade payments still, right now, are almost all electronic. Mm. So if you want to participate in tra cross-border trade, you have to have some mechanism of mm. doing it in a cashless way. Mm. And so the question is how many people on the continent have access to those um, methods? Mm. How, how many do you think? Uh, that's a good on research question. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can imagine, like you said, it's if you're going to be a player there, mm -hmm. you will have to figure out a way to go cashless if you want to be a player. But anyway, that's that's a research question. We hope someone <laughs> figures out um, that research for. But even as even as we, we we close up on on the conversation and 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 looking looking ahead, if we do have um, this African Continental Free Trade Agreement and everybody else is on board and and we are good to go, what kind of what kind of trade space are we looking at having in probably five years? Like, can you paint? like a picture for the listener to imagine what it would be like if we have everything in order. I think the, the figures put it sort of as by 2022, adding about $35 billion to um, GDP on this continent. But I think the more interesting or, or like exciting piece of it is really the industrialization of our economies. So it's so difficult to compete with, you know, China or South Asia when you're trying to export products from Ghana. But if you're exporting to another economy that's closer um, and you can get a fast transit time, you can get a low logistics cost and you have zero tariffs, you're more, li you're more likely to sell those industrialized goods. And so that's more people working in factories, more people with good jobs, more employment. And so the development of the economy goes faster. And I think aside from the big billions of dollars of numbers we hear, it's really the human impact, the ability for people to advance themselves along with the economy. That's that's the most compelling piece. Interesting. Solomon, tell us about Jetstream and what you guys are up to or what you guys do. So Jetstream, we simply say we are a logistics company, but we are tech enabled. We heavily rely on technology to make our to, to make our work very easy so as much as possible we take out the the human interface and currently we are enabling customers who would want to ship their goods just go onto websites we are currently launching a ussd so you can oh. take your mobile phone not a smartphone it could be a yam and you could punch in the digits and then get your get a quote how mm. much it's going to cost you so that's the level of uh, transparency you're trying to bring on board and um it will interest you to know the kind of people that we've worked with are very small entrepreneurs and they have the potential to really rise up and bake and what we've enabled them is to improve their transit times that um, they, sh they execute their shipments with so one of the unique value propositions we bring on board is the lcl aggregation so an lcl is a less than container load so you can execute a ship you can trade without having to fill the container entirely with your goods mm. we and we create a platform where we bring people who have five boxes one pallet together to ship and with, our, with consistency in our shipping schedules they are able to rather than wait able to improve their turnaround times by hoping three months so it improves their cash flow and it also increase it gives them much more capacity with their productions so just dream is giving them the platform to trade no matter how small or big you are interestingly enough the bigger guys are even enjoying the richer share of the pie yes because of because of improved costs so they don't pay just for every other service that they have they have to come up 
the need once there's the technology to give them the advanced pricing they save them as small as you know picking up a phone the stress level of following up to get your codes and where's my container where are my goods is customs completed and what the value also is that we've actually been well researched so the very first time we did a shipment into the united states for example we cleared in three hours three hours the guy was he's jolly jolly (laughs) dropped (laughs) so you can imagine the amount of stress that we took off his off off his shoulders and into south africa as well south africa to ghana has a transit time of 14 14 days that's two weeks and the rivers unbelievable so we came on board and um yeah we we leveraged our networks and our connections and we're able to double down on the transit time so it was really a shock to have um a very, our very first client ship into south africa under a month and it was really was really impactful well it's it will be impactful when you have tech as the base as the basis of it Misha adi and solon Togbo of Jetstream, where my guests in the studio we were having a conversation about everything everything having to do with trade across the continent and even outside the continent and of course we we couldn't help but touch on um this little cute virus covid 19 and its related issues and how it actually is impacting on trade but i mean the the at the base of it one of the biggest things that i picked up from this conversation is trade will continue whether you like it or not you just need to have an enabling technology and people who are willing to push the envelope to make it much easier for everybody thank you so much guys for joining us in the studio we have the app segment and the trending and your tech segment coming up don't go anywhere It's now time for the app segment of the show and Jeffrey Oweku Sapon joins us now with two mobile apps that he says will um, intrigue you quite a lot. Um, Jeffrey, good evening. And what are these two mobile apps that you're so excited about? Hello, good evening and good evening to your cherished <laughs> listeners. Yes, good evening to um, you too. So, with COVID-19 hitting us, uh, it's important that, that some people start working from home. Mm. schools have closed so we need to find ways to get things done even though we are not going where we are supposed to so today i'm bringing you two apps Mm. first one for students second one for workplace okay the first one is google classroom okay google classroom yes nice now you're in class assignment must be done you have reading materials lecture notes everything you can put all this in Google Classroom, get your students there, and then you have your class. Only thing is you won't be there in mm. person. Mm. That is how Google Classroom works. So you get you set up a class on the platform, and then your students also set up their accounts, get in there, and then you have your class. You give them the reading materials. If 
you give them an assignment, they submit it, you can do everything on that platform. Mm. That's Google Classroom. Now, the next one that's for the workplace is Hangouts. Hangouts. Yes. This is also a Google platform. Google Hangouts. Yes. I thought it had stopped existing. But anyway. It's still. Wow. Out. Anyway. It's still part of the G Suite. Ah, yeah, of course. How does Google Hangouts work? So, for the basically, a meeting in the virtual. Mm-hmm. So, you can have up to 150 people mm. in a video conference talking to one another. So let's say the people on this show, Yao, Ellen, you, Daniel, and myself, we are the company. We need to get work done, but we can't get out of our house. Otherwise, we'll get virus. Yeah. So you call me, you call him, you call him, you call we him. Can collaborate you see all of us. Hmm. Philip, you need to get ABCD done. Okay, I'm here, 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 here. That's it. Interesting. So those two mobile apps, one for students and one for the workplace, workplace businesses, yes. whichever. So we have Google Classroom, Classroom. Yes. And then we have Google Hangouts yes. as well. Hangouts basically for business people, people yes. who are meeting. You can use it for anything else, yes. but basically we are if talking you want to about... If go all the way, you can pay for the full G Suite. Everything. And yes. You're good and to then go. you have everything, spreadsheets, the meeting spaces and everything. Everything else. Yes. And then we have classroom yes which is basically teachers wanting to give assignments assignment notes everything yeah. will be on it yes. you know the students who have logged in who have read how many percentages or what percentage of notes they've, they've read everything everything is available you can on track the platform all that perfectly that's interesting well please do check them out if you're a business owner google hangouts is one of the apps that you can use to enable you meet with the rest of your team and of course we have um uh what do you call it google classroom as well for teachers who want to engage with their students on on that level and those are the two mobile apps from the birthday boy um happy birthday to yes, you happy jeffrey birthday. happy birthday okay. to, yes, to jeffrey birthday. today Thank happens to be his birthday we're not going um, to jessica say says happy jessica birthday. says you should grow up but i'll just say just live no and, hold on hold live on. and Why let die and let die. <laughs> live and let die anyway so today is jeffrey's birthday and a happy 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 birthday to jeffrey Thank you. Um, amazing amazing guy being with us be with the show from the very beginning Trump absolutely love him but yeah so those are the two mobile apps for us for this week um from jeffrey we have google hangouts and then we have google classroom those two definitely will work for you but moving on straight ahead your tech this is a segment of the show where basically if you have any issues having have encountered any problems with any of the tech that's around you you can send in you know your your thoughts or your concerns and then we'll try and get answers for you and ellen um, happens to be the one who manages all of that. So, Hi. Ellen, what did we have for this week? Okay, so Sule, um, a teacher from the Volta region, he got in touch and basically he wants to know how to fix his webcam, his, his faulty webcam. Let's listen to him. Hmm. So, when I on the webcam, it doesn't come. I could, it, no picture is on it. Meanwhile, the webcam is on, but the picture doesn't come. It doesn't capture the picture for about six months now. It used to work. When you stand in front of the webcam, you should see the person standing. But this one, you just see the whitish background. There's nothing, no picture is appearing. Oh, Charlie, that's very frustrating. <laughs> when you search on the webcam, the you, don't, you don't see anybody. <laughs> you just see some whitish business. Well, what, what's the solution for him, though? 
Hello, Sule. Sorry for the loss of your webcam. It is possible that the cable that connects to your webcam is broken. When you keep opening and closing your laptop, with time, the cable that goes through the hinge to the webcam becomes weak and breaks. I would suggest you take it to a technician and they can change it for you. I hope this helps. All the best, Sule. All right, so Sule and anybody else facing this issue, I think this will go a long way into helping. If it does not, then like we said, you'd have to see a technician to help you out with that. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Yeah. I'm really sorry, Sule. It's, it really is some way, like when you get and you think you're actually going to start the, you know, yeah. having chats he, and He's on a very frustrated. Yeah, he's yeah, like, it's been happening for like six months. Some Charlie, some yeah. Skype call that has passed yeah. you by. Really, really sorry, Sule, yeah. for what you're going through. But hey, like we said, um, just just follow the instructions. And if you can't, you know, let's just see how it goes. Well, Ellen, um, thank you so much. How can people get in touch with you if they have any issues? All right. So the Twitter handle is E-A-Dapa. The Dapa is D-A-P-A-A-H. Get in touch and let's talk. All right. So we're moving straight into our very final segment of the show. And Mr. Entry is the one who brings us the training segments. Now, in this segment, we try to bring you up to date with everything happening globally. And I'm guessing that one of the biggest stories for this week can be only one virus. Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah. Corona, corona is virus. everywhere. Yes. You know, it's yeah. halting um, international meetings and conferences and things like that. I can imagine what else is, is is out there Mr. Andrew? go ahead almost everything yeah so to the first story for the week uh, the government of ghana has launched a website where when you go you can get almost everything the import, important information about the coronavirus mm. yeah so when you go to the site there's a board that shows the number of confirmed cases in ghana currently at seven, currently as we found seven this yeah. and then there's another chart so that shows the global cases those who have died so far and all mm. of those so this site is ghana health service.org forward slash COVID 19. That's Ghana Health Service dot, dot org. That's O R G slash COVID 19. That's C O V I D 1 yeah. 9. Yes. Is it one or is there a space? Is there anything? There's is no there space. a dash? Anything no, like that? No dash. Okay. It's all together. Okay. So let's go through the, the, web, the website again. The, the URL again. Ghana Health Service dot O R G forward slash C O V I D 19. One nine. One nine. One nine. So please go on there, check out all the latest news. Anything that's supposed to be affecting Ghana with regards to the virus, that is where you're going to find it. So please head on there and check it out. And, and there are a lot of answered frequently asked questions too on there. So mm. you'd want to if you, there's something you don't understand there are emergency numbers there as well. So if there's something just something you don't understand. Just call. Yes. Just call. If you are, you know, in the house and someone visits and they start exhibiting strange symptoms please call the number so please get onto the website so let's get to the url once again sorry one final time for our listeners who probably don't know how to get there yes yeah. so ghana health service dot org forward slash c o v i d 19 nice one yeah. nice one. and then if you also want just news like you want news accurate news on the virus you can also head to com forward slash coronavirus you can also get that so moving on to our the next story for the week, the Ghana Chamber of Technology has called for utilization of digital tools in this time. Yeah, uh, Considering the ban on social activities and all of those, mm. they, are, they are calling that we use more digital tools and digital channels. So if there's a meeting 
that doesn't necessarily have you to, you have to be present you can use digital platforms to do that so you can use skype you can use google hangouts as jeffrey mentioned yeah. google classroom for it's for classes yeah. for education as well mm. and then to something outside outside ghana uh, kenyan government has released has ordered for uh, has ordered for the removal of charges on mobile money mm. mobile money transactions and i think it's a very good initiative I mean, it's, it's, there's a the, 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 there's a cap to it, yes. but it's it's been like I I am very like impressed with how Kenya is moving with mobile money. It's I mean, it's one thing thinking about the financial sector generally, but then there's one thing driving mobile payments as a way by which you can include more and more people within the financial sector, and I think that is what really gets me about that particular story but then the details so uh, there, there's a cup there's so transactions that go beyond thousand kenyan shillings there are no charges there are no charges on it and i think it's, it's, it's something i mean that, think about it yes. if for example you could make transactions or transfers of money and everything below one thousand cities i'm not saying it's the same as a thousand shillings mm -hmm. i'm just saying that if you could make transactions and if it is below 1,000 CDs, it is free. Imagine what that would mean for a lot of businesses yeah. and a lot of people. Yeah, and they've increased their transfer limit to, to 150 Kenyan shillings. Mm. And then they've increased the daily limit from, one, from 150, 140,000 to 300,000. That's incredible. <laughs> That's, that's incredible. That's, and I mean, if people are going to be restricted in terms of their movement, yeah. then some of these things just these. And for me, I think, aside of the negatives of Corona, one of the things that I find positive is mm -hmm. hopefully governments will be able to see just how important it is for us to go cashless and how yeah. easy it, it will be for them to track transactions as well. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be tax, tax, tax all the time. Yeah. This is one way we can enable payments. This is one way we can include more people in the financial sector. And if this is what it would take for African countries to learn and to do that, then so yeah. be it. Let's just go ahead <laughs> and, and today on and business it. news on the business segment. I think the Ghana Ghana Chamber 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 of I think technology also yeah. has also called for government to kind of reduce or remove the charges. For and us. I think I think it's it's only that's, fair that government really really does look at that. It's. It's it's one of the best ways to get more and more people into the financial sector. Any other stories quickly okay, before so we the last story for the week? Uh, Bill Gates is leaving the Microsoft board. Oh Charlie. <laughs> oh Charlie. That's yeah, he took money. Uh, yeah. Yes. He has, it's okay, it's okay. So he, he has living, enjoyed his time. He's leaving the company after uh someone say four decades. Yeah. That's 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 incredible. Huge. Imagine seeing your baby growing up to be 40. Like, <laughs> what else can you do? What else can you do? But uh, he's been incredible. He's been incredible. I think, I think hats off to him um, for everything he's done. Um, all the machines in this studio right now are Windows-based. <laughs> Even Yao's laptop that he's using in the studio is Windows-based. The only thing that didn't work out was Windows Phone. But it's okay. It's okay. Things, not everything will work out. But anyway, quickly yeah. before we go, yeah, how can people get in touch with you on yeah, social so media? You can reach me on Twitter, OI entry, and then on LinkedIn, Yao entry also. Ellen? E A Dapa. <laughs> and Jeffrey. 
OJ Sapon. Brilliant. And a big thank you to Daniels as well. And a big thank you to our guest Solomon and Misha um, for joining us for that conversation. Um, next week, we're going to be looking at health health-related issues with COVID-19 and how tech companies are using technology to help us fight the virus. It's been a pleasure coming your way. The show will be available as a podcast tomorrow. Please look out for it and take a listen and share with your friends and family as well. My name is Philip Pashon, but until next week, stay techy!